Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. You are listening to, you know, what we all do the podcast for, really, the Lulu tracks. Um, you know, this has became an interesting journey on the show. I kind of decided early on to uh, hermetically seal myself away critically from the album. I never really listened to the album much prior. And whilst pretty much every song we've done on the show before I've listened to Death, these songs I- I've kept away. I've wanted to have a fresh mind treading into this pool and today we are dealing with little dog we've done quite a few lulu songs of late with the junior dad um a few weeks ago with tommy which is a really fun episode and a surprisingly great song definitely go back and check that song out just before we get to today's guest and today's song please follow the show as always at metallica pod you can get in touch with me metallica pod at gmail.com if you want to you know correspond in any way if you want to come on the show got a cool email to read out just before we get into the song itself um itunes is there patreon if you want to support um yeah that's about it i've got a patron with me kevin how's it going excellent excellent how are you doing very well i think we tackled eye of the beholder is that right yes we did absolutely and if i remember correctly it was quite a uh, metaphysical episode we tackled a lot of the power <laughs> structures that were going down there it felt very jordan peterson in a, in a, in a good way so i want to I <laughs> I take people... that as a high compliment <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i want to urge people to stream their room or I'm, I'm trying to do some sort of bad jordan peterson pun there that's all i really know but um yeah go back and check that out but we don't really want to retread but yourself and metallica what are the quick bullet points uh, got into him around the Saint Anger era, but was not because of Saint Anger. <laughs> it was more because of the live shit album. But that's pretty much where I started off. Okay. Um, and just before we get to the day's song, as I said before, MetallicaBot at gmail.com. You know, it's crazy. I, I need to stop going on about Metal like your podcast. I mention them every episode. Like I make a mental note <laughs> when I'm editing for I'm just obsessed with Clinton and Ethan, obviously love the guys. And it does blow my mind that they get so many emails to the point where people have to pay to get their email read out on the show. And I don't mean that in a snidey <laughs> way towards MUYP. Uh, they just have to do it the way. But uh, today I have an email from Marcus Chandler. He says, hi, Tom. Marcus Chandler here. I can't really thank you enough for doing this podcast dedicated to metallica i really like hearing what you're going to discuss uh whether the album uh, i really like what you're going to discuss whatever the album but i really like it when you go for a song and you talk about it with whom you're interviewing it's great i've been listening to you since the beginning of this year it's nice to listen to your podcast actually just listen and have a conversation i was 12 years old when i got into metallica and i'm 32 years old now i've been following metallica ever since i still have my very first metallica take given to me by my cousin before i got the albums metallica i can get a mixture of emotions to them whether it be inspiring motivated nostalgic hell man just listening to them and respecting the music tom keep your podcast going thank you for this as a listener and we'll be cool to talk to you sometime keep it going and take care of yourself tom from the other side of the pond rock on bud thank you so much marcus and me and marcus have been in touch prior um since and we are going to be doing a song as well um now you know it, it's it's lulu so it's not just metallica it, it's lou reed as well kevin are you much of a lou reed fan before this were you aware of the guy much or i was aware of the name but never really listened to his music i know he was part of velvet underground and that sort of thing but never really checked it out yeah, he's um he's an interesting figure, and again, every time I get into these episodes, I like to talk about the man. I did do a little bit more research on Lou Reed, um, because you know he's always an enlightening figure, kind of mythic figure in music, and found uh, a cool article on Clash uh, Music dot com. I won't read all of these, but uh, these are top ten things you might not know about Lou Reed. Uh, number three was after quitting the Velvet Underground, apparently Lou Reed got a job at his father's tax accounting company. He earned forty dollars a week working as a top 
typist for around a year before signing with RCA and releasing his first solo album. And also apparently in 1979, a fight broke out at the dinner table between Lou Reed and David Bowie. Uh, Reed went for Bowie after Bowie advised him to clean up his act, shouting, don't you ever say that to me. Don't you ever fucking say that to me. So this is a, this is a divisive guy. And Lulu is a really divisive album. Genuinely, where do you stand? Is this complete crap to you? Do you think this is a misunderstood masterpiece? Or? Uh, I it, it was a hard listen. I'll tell you that much. Right. <laughs> Little Dog is the only one I've, I've really listened to for this episode. Uh, it's funny you bring up David Bowie because mm. David Bowie actually really liked the Lulu album, said it was one of Lou Reed's best. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he was really high at the time or what, but <laughs> that's how David Bowie thought about it. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I think, you know, Metallica fans come from so many different camps and, and walks of life and the trues and, and certain generations and what like that. I think most of them are unified in their disparagement of Lulu. Um, I, 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 I think even like the say anger guys can go with the Lulu guys and be like, yeah, maybe it's not quite there. I think, I think Pitchfork, and I know whatever, their opinion doesn't have much value, but I think they gave it like a one or something like that. They gave it like a minus or something like that. And, you know, it has been, um, you know, ran through the deluge of uh, of, of critical despair there. But let's um let's talk about Little Dog as a track. This is again a, quite a long song, an eight minute song. And as I've always said with the Lulu tracks, they kind of follow two main things in their recipe. It, it, it's a big hulking riff, and it's Lou. Um, you know, spouting off his soliloquies, his sort of, you know, Bukowski stream of consciousness nonsense. I will say narratively, though, this song is a little clearer. It's a little more lucid, um, you know, kind of using this canine paradigm. At first, I just saw it as a story of a little dog, but now I sort of see it more of, you know, little dog has been emblematic of the, the protagonist and his struggles in of itself. What Lyrically, uh, first of all, what do you think of the song? Um... I'm with you. I think it's fairly coherent. And if you look at the Lulu album inspiration, the Lulu plays by Frank Vedekind, Mm -hmm. you know, back in whenever he did those before he died in 1918, you know, the young dancer who rises in German society and ends up, you know, becoming a prostitute. And I think that's kind of where this song falls is she's, you know, on the way down and becoming a prostitute because there's talk about, you know, the hundred dollar spot and that sort of thing. And it goes kind of from, her being contemptible of who she sees as a weak little dog, and then the little dog follows her around by the end of the song. Yeah, and you know, Lou does have this descriptive mode that I think can be quite successful, like in Junior Dad as well, especially in Junior Dad when it's focusing on the drowning. You know, early on we have these images of the little dog struggling, moaning at the bedside, moaning from each limb. You know, can only cry, cannot swim. Um, you know, a puny body and a tiny dick. He tells us as his little dog has, and um, you know, quite 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 sexual in places, well, which makes sense for the the prostitute environment that it's inhabiting. Um, you know, a little doggy face to a cold-hearted pussy. You could have a taste, but it's not. Again, it becomes anchored at times on mantras. There are a lot of lines repeated, pathetic little dog towards the end of the song. And money can do anything, um, which mm-hmm. I, I, I like him meditating on that. I think that's quite a powerful phrase, and it has a lot of, a lot of presence in the soundscape. Yeah, he repeats that quite a bit, and it's probably what the song really turns on. It's like the character, the female character, goes from not liking the little dog and being repulsed by him to going, uh, for the money, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe you can yeah. do that. 
yeah, yeah, you sniff your shit in the wind, follow me around, pathetic little dog, pathetic little dog. Um, Lou's delivery, you know, he's not he's not the full-throated Hetfield growl, it's quite conversational. Is it? Is it interesting to you? I don't like it because the music in the background tries to kind of inflate itself throughout the song and then every time Lou comes in with a verse it kind of punctures that and the air goes out of it the music really doesn't start getting cohesive until about four and a half minutes in and it kind of gets a little minute or two there for it to flesh itself out but that's that's kind of how I see it is Lou's uh, spoken word sort of approach kind of ruins that for me yeah, and musically, uh, you know, familiar ground to a lot of Lulu's stuff, the kind of feedback squalls that open up. But this is a bit different. This is dominated predominantly by a detuned acoustic guitar, which comes in early, kind of loose, barroom, sort of ominous, something sinister is in effect. And I don't know if you heard, because, I mean, it is quite low in the register, and I was kind of squeezing my ears to really make this out. But I think the bass is really nice throughout this song, and I think Rob does some good stuff. Yeah, you probably picked that up better than I did because I really didn't notice, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's there, but it's not there. And, you know, our ears aren't really trained to look out for Rob being like a Paul McCartney or something like that. But he is kind of, you know, quite bowed, quite gentle. And uh, again, you know, like a lot of these Lulu songs, it's a sonic landscape. There's long organ notes. There's the exhale of an accordion. There's another acoustic here. But... You know, just in terms of this mode, it, it, it's quite fun to see Metallica inhabiting this, right? It's it's very unusual for them. Yeah, it is very unusual, although it did kind of sound to me throughout the song like it was, you know, discarded load and reload intro outro bits sure. that they kind of threw into a blender and then poured out onto the song. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, and I've always said that this, you know, it's not a Metallica record, it's Metallica as the backing band to this, and I imagine they would have had a bit of fun putting this together, and then as, you know, at certain points in the song, like for instance when, you know, he says puny body and tiny dick, there's certain phrases that seem to awaken the band and urge them into different directions, so here, when he says that the drums start to intrude, there's a bit of feedback, there's a blast, you can hear another guitar in in, in the backwater of the song, um, and then there's also discordant, distorted guitar, at times you feel there's a solid rhythm beginning and then it kind of moves out and moves in, the guitar reminds me a little bit of um, John Fahey, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's kind of this mm. primitive American guitar player. He's kind of this sort of he's he's like the he's like the classic sort of like nerdy guitar player that nerdy guitar players reference. But he's this really sort of odd. He's a bit like Buckethead. He's like this sort of mythic figure ah, that no okay. one's no one's sure if he's actually real or not. But yeah, John Fahey's interesting, and you know a lot of his stuff is like this sort of these arpeggios and kind of kind of centering on this world, and you know it's very dingy and down low. And I mean there's the problem with a lot of these Lulu songs is within the first minute, you kind of know what it is and it doesn't really have a second or third movement. It's eight minutes long. It's Lou talking about dog dogs and pussy. And you know, it's James sort of squealing in, in the backwash. I mean, any, anything else to say on the track? Yeah, I think it, it's better as like background music, which mm. he probably wouldn't like trying to be, you know, so avant-garde and unorthodox. He probably wants it to be interesting and people to listen, you know, really intently. But, you know, I listened to it while reading the lyrics and tried to get as much out of it as I could. And then I just sort of put it on in the background while I was doing other things. And it was more palatable me to be uh, to me that way. But maybe that's not as it was intended, but that's how it was better for me. Perhaps not. And I mean, I, I kind of love that Lulu 
exists and i've i've said before that i'd like to see similar collaborations you know maybe like you know, nick cave and dave mustaine or you know something like that like just seeing these worlds collide <laughs> i think it's great that this happened and it's just more evidence of metallica doing things on their own terms like you know they are legit one of the biggest bands in the history of this thing and they can be trailblazers if they want to make an album with the velvet underground singer songwriter that kind of is a bit maddening that they can do that absolutely and like you said it sort of paves the way for other people to riff on those ideas and metallica can get away with it because you know they're not in danger of losing their careers by any means so they can go out there and do things at the fringes that not everybody can do absolutely i mean you know it'd be great when the band come to nashville if they played little dog um you know (laughs) if they opened with it or something like that but obviously it's never gonna happen these songs are kind of locked away really in history especially obviously with lou passing away pretty soon after i'm not I, do you know if Lulu was Lou Reed's last record? I'm not entirely sure if it was or not. I couldn't tell you. I probably no. could have told you about a week ago. Yeah, it probably some, something around that. I you know I know he passed away pretty soon after, but um yeah I I don't even know if they've played Little Dog uh, live at all. Actually, no. Going on the Metallica.com uh, website, they haven't. Have you noticed by the way the Metallica.com obviously had this update recently, but the the, the sort of the lyrics page has changed as well. I don't think it's quite. Yeah. In, it's not as intuitive. I know. I liked the old one personally. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, they haven't changed anything too much. Like, you can still see how many times they've played songs and where these appear on the fan cans or whatever, but just the look of it isn't quite as uh, as invigorating. But um, I mentioned Nashville before, so you that's when you're next seeing the band, right? Yes. And you're going to the Metal Your Podcast party? Uh, that's the that's the plan, anyway. That is the, that is the place to be seen. Like, I would uh, <laughs> I would definitely love to go there. I remember, I remember yeah, the that last... little bar in East Nashville is going to be packed. Yeah, yeah, with just so many people who know uh, Paul Moak is. Like, it's crazy. And uh, <laughs> yeah. all these Indians. I'll be wearing my Paul shirt. <laughs> like, that is so crazy that an in-joke has became merch and it sells well. Like, it's yeah, just... Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Obviously, always shout out to those guys. But, um, yeah, I did uh, I did put the feelers out for feedback at Metallica Pod on Little Dog. Uh, no one actually got back to me, which isn't really a surprise. <laughs> um, so, you know, comment below. Let us know what you think about Little Dog. This has been a bit of a shorter episode because there isn't really too much to say on this song, to be honest with you. Um, I don't, I don't outwardly think it's necessarily bad or unlistenable. I think it's slightly boring. Um, it doesn't really go forward. I think you had the right idea of reading the lyrics, listen to it, put it on in the background. It's not something that kind of you know drills you to your seat or whatever, sweating as you listen. Like it's just. A little bit of ennui, um, as I encountered it on and on. But, um, you know, any closing thoughts on this track? Um, I'm sure Lou Reed was happy with it because he wanted to do an album based on those German plays for most of his career. So I'm glad he got to do it before he passed. And I'm glad Metallica helped him out with it because that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, um, you know, again, it is a really sort of fun artifact. And a lot of people are very positive about this record as well. I remember when we mentioned the junior, I mean, okay, it was about junior dad, but Howard Stern saying that he was like crying his eyes out listening to it. And, you know, Kirk and James were saying the same thing as well. And maybe some music critics, maybe Pitchfork crying their eyes out for a uh, completely different reason. But if you haven't heard this song and you're just listening to this because you love Alpha Metallica, I really appreciate you. And, maybe, you know, maybe do listen to it. I, I think this is kind of, it's got a lot of the hallmarks of Lulu. Um, you know, it's got a lot of the sort of um, the nonsense of the, you know, 
thematic irrelevance perhaps but but still it moves forward you're getting to hear James and Kirk on the guitars having a bit of fun I do like something's telling me that the electric guitar and all the squeals and stuff is more likely James than Kirk I just it's got a certain more Hmm. playful energy I I don't know what it is maybe maybe it is Kirk I don't know but um, it's certainly James on that acoustic and there are little movements on the acoustic as well there's certain moments when it kind of strums down I can't really think of any technical term to describe it it's kind of hard and I know no one's really heard this song but maybe if you listen to it a few times you know what I'm talking about but yeah it's got a solid sort of finger style rhythm which you rarely hear in Metallica but um yeah, that was uh, that was Little Dog. We will be returning to Lulu soon, actually. Um, in about two months or so, we'll be doing Mistress Dread, um, which is just before an awesome trio of songs, Master, Merciful Fate, and Metal Militia. So, uh, nice. yeah, we've got to deal with Mistress Dread right there at the end. But, um, you know, Kevin, uh, not to pull the curtain too far back in Alpha Metallica land, but we are actually going to record an episode straight after this, we're going to be doing Mama Said, so um, that'll be out in a, a month or so. But um, yourself, is there anything uh, people can find you on, anything you'd like to promote? No, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to want to do that, at KR Van Dam. But past that, not really anything to promote. All right, well, as always, you can follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Patreon is there, patreon.com, for just Alpha Metallica. If you want to help support the show, you want to give back all the episodes, go on there first. iTunes is there. Also, please leave a review on iTunes. So, yeah, this has been Little Dog. Again, let us know what you think of the song down below. And, Kevin, thank you again. Thank you, Tom. 